Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. I'm with my colleague, Kat Larson. Hi, Kat. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I was really enjoying, someone had just written me and said, you know what I look forward to every Monday morning is hearing your podcast. And I think that's so fun to think there's people out there that are really growing and evolving and and becoming their best selves. And we're all a part of that, which I really enjoy. So kind of fun, isn't it, Kat? Me too. Very much so. Very much so. It's uh, it, it is fun. As I listen to other podcasts too, right? So yeah. do you listen to podcasts? Yes, absolutely. Which I like, one of your favorites I like, do you listen to? Well, I like different ones. Like I, I like some in sports. I like some that are more mm-hmm. like uh, political. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like mind and body. So I, I'm very eclectic, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I really like different <laughs> yeah. things at different times. What, about, a, you? what yeah, about you? I'm addicted to crime junkies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are so good. And I just get like, people are, it's just like listening to some of those stories of things that happen. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. How does somebody really do that? Right. That's so true. That's a great point. Yes. Yeah. You start looking at your husband out of the corner of your yeah. eye, like, is he capable? <laughs> and then you have to look at yourself and go, oh, he's absolutely capable. Well, and they let him off. <laughs> no. And you know what? I think a lot of us are very vulnerable to that because we're naive. We're thinking somebody yes. wouldn't be that way. I still remember one time I had a client that had a um, husband that refused to allow her to pick up a telephone in a bedroom. He would say to her, that is not your phone and you are not to answer it ever. And I said, well, you do answer, right? And she goes, absolutely not. I've never touched it. I said, okay, we, we're going to have a long, long life together because you are not well. That is ridiculous that you would defer to that. But she was so fear-based of losing him and his income for survival that she simply accepted that uh, in her life, which is it's just interesting, these different things you hear about, right? That you kind of think, really? Is that possible? So that's, that's good. Oh, I, I do have to tell you a, a very quick story. I got some feedback from a listener who um, they were moving across country. Yes. And this isn't about me. So I'm not trying to do that. Weirdly. Well, that's a so first. So I have this friend. <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right, touche, got it. Um, um, Just kidding. But but she was telling me that they were listening to um, to our last podcast about you know ask yourself what am I missing about what I'm what I'm doing in this situation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're driving around huh? in the in the wilds of upstate New York, <laughs> and she said we pulled off to the side of the road and spent six hours no. unpacking all of this stuff, and it was like. She's like, does that happen often? I said, well, if you're, you know, if you're screwed up, yeah, I guess you could. That's priceless. <laughs> it that so is funny. <laughs> so their trip was delayed six hours while they unpacked their emotional baggage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. That's cool. And how impressive uh, they did it. So, it's so funny. That is, that's a great memory, actually. That's very cool. I, I think I, <laughs> I'm glad you shared that. I, I, I'm thinking about... Uh, Today, we're going to talk about personal responsibility, and it really does kind of go to that concept. I, In the past couple of weeks, there have been probably seven or eight of my clients that uh, there was an affair in the relationship. And in every situation where the person that was cheated on is questioned about their desire to move forward, they have said to me things that I, I was stunned by, like stunned. So they're still together. All of them are still together. The ones I'm talking about today. 
But in every case where the person has said, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I need to fix things, the person that was done wrong, that was cheated on, has said to me, I don't think they deserve me to forgive them. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, so now I have this person who's got an issue with infidelity, and now I have another person who has an issue with forgiveness. And it's, a, and it's very hard to get somebody who felt they were done more wrong, so therefore whatever they're doing is not as wrong, therefore it's okay. And they miss the entire concept of good mental health. Like what does really good mental health look like? It does not look like saying, well, my, my error or my sin, my weakness is less than yours, therefore it's not something I have to work on. I'm okay with that until, until I decide to give you permission to be okay. I will not work on who I am. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's kind of interesting to see where people are with that. Okay, I want, I want you to say one thing again. Yep. One thing again. So, so people get stuck in the power you gain from being the better person in the relationship. Yes. Is that what you yes. mean? Yes, yes. I'm one up, you're okay. one down. Okay. I would never do so, what you did. Therefore, I'm one up. They survive in life by not, not doing their own work because they're so busy looking at how they are better than the person who has wronged them. And that can come in so many formats, not just infidelity. Happens all the time um, in, in relationships. So I think we just, let's just start by talking about what does, what are the components of good mental health? And I'm going to make this very simple, okay? I don't want people to think that mental health is some horrific, negative, uh, dangerous box that you have to open. I see it like the body. The body can be perceived as just this horrible nightmare or conceived as a great machine that has need for oil and refinement. And I look at the mental capacity of people, and I think the vast majority of us have great good minds, like, like great capability of sorting things out in life. But we often don't take responsibility for what are the components, the laws of what makes good mental health work. And I'm a big believer, by the way, that you cannot transgress laws and, and get away with it. It will come back to get you. Mm-hmm. I haunt you. So let's talk just about a I mean, I don't want to make it difficult for people, our listeners, I want you to think about this. Number one, good mental health is discipline. Mm-hmm. If you're not disciplined, you cannot have good mental health. It's not possible. Because all of us have weaknesses and limitations. Every one of us do. And those limitations, if not put in constraints, will then derail good mental health. So let's take, for example, um, let's say I have pride. So I, I take care of myself, I, I, I work I hard, I have all these things working for me in my life, but I really do think that I am better than you. I, I have this, I can't deal with being less than, I, so I have to be better than, that's how I deal with it. If I cannot discipline my pride, I cannot know good mental health. And if I'm proud, I don't believe that. I'm denying it. I don't, I, no, I don't, I don't see that as my problem. I can see your problems very clearly, but I can't see my own. So discipline is not just like doing sit-ups and push-ups in physical fitness. Discipline is eating properly. It is having a mindset that promotes good physical health. It's the same with mental health. You've got to have a discipline that says, if I'm living outside of the laws of good mental health, I am, I've got to discipline myself to come back in. Does that make sense? Yes, I have a question. Um, I always have questions. I like so, your questions. As we're talking about, like, so I get it. Um, I get it. There's, uh, there's a plate of ho-hos that I mm-hmm. love and glasses of milk. And yep. I go, I know if I eat that, that's not good for me. Yep. I think where people get 
you know, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty one-to-one ratio, right? I do this, I gain weight. Correct. Um, Good point. Or or, or I eat something that makes me feel bad. With mental health, pride, pride doesn't always like, if I do that, I see a negative outcome. Right. Would that be fair? Yes. Very good insight. Very accurate too, by the way. That's, that's why it's more difficult. I think personally, mental health is more challenging Uh than physical health. I I really do think. So help. Yeah. So what, what as a therapist and, and when you look at that, how can, if I go, well, I have pride, my next step between that, because my first thing might be lack of self-awareness, which is, well, I, number one, I might not even see that I'm prideful right, right. or number two, I don't see the impact. Right. Correct. Right. So how do you have people unpack that in when you do work with them? Very easy. So let's talk about why you're insecure and people are like, what? I said, well, clearly you're insecure or you wouldn't be proud. I mean, come on, wake up. You're doing this to cover and compensate. So let's figure that out. What are you insecure about? And that's kind of a water in the face. Honestly, that's like cold water. Like, what? I've never even thought about yes. that. Well, of course you are. That's why you're, in, you're insecure. Therefore, you're compensating with pride. I have to be better than you, which makes me okay with who I am. So I start with that. Number two, I go to motive. So what's the motive that you're going to gain? What are you gaining by that? For example, when I said to you, people don't want to own their own stuff. So they justify mine's not as bad as yours. Therefore, I don't do my stuff till you do your stuff. And their, their motive for doing that is not to take ownership, not to be responsible. So personal responsibility is the second thing after discipline. If you really don't want to own your stuff, you cannot have good mental health. It's not possible. Like if I walk around and, and I, I hurt you, I say things that are rude or, you know, unkind. And I say, well, you know, we, well, we all have bad days. Well, okay. I'm not owning anything. My reaction is if you take it too sensitively, it's really your problem, not mine. What I did was what people do all the time. Don't, don't make a big deal out of it. So I think personal responsibility is what kind of person am I really all about? What kind of a person am I choosing to be like? And petty people don't thrive with people that are not petty. They don't do well with them. Because people that are not petty sense this encroachment on what legitimacy should look like and feel like. It's amazing the difference when you're with people who are, it's almost like when someone swears real bad all the time and someone who doesn't, Mm -hmm. the person that swears Mm -hmm. all the time always says, pardon my French. They're always apologizing for saying, they don't say that to people that are swearing, but if you don't swear, they will almost always say, pardon my French. So they're aware of it. It doesn't fit with that group that doesn't swear. So that's true of mental health. If you're low quality mental health, you tend to kind of run with people who are similar and accept you on your petty mindset. And if you want to run with a better crowd, you kind of, you discipline yourself to be more, more gracious, um, less petty, um, more self ownership instead of blaming other people, that kind of stuff. That's so good. So what kind of, you know, what kind of person am I in, in, in terms of that? So that legitimacy piece, I have a, you said how to look at personal responsibility. Is there, is there a single step? I'm sorry, I might be pounding on this one too, hitting this nail too hard, but with discipline, being disciplined, my first step in being disciplined would be what? Say that again for me. Well, I guess the hardest thing is do the hard thing you don't want to do. And that's probably the first concept of discipline. Do the hard thing you don't want to do. I mean, are you the, remember that study they did that they gave them the choice of having, I think a candy like immediately Uh or two in 30 minutes. Yes. And most went with the candy in immediately. (laughs) Not, they didn't want to wait 30 minutes. 
So if you're one of those people, just discipline yourself to go 30 minutes. Feel what it looks like. Feel what you're going through. Why is it so hard for you not to make that negative retort? Why do you have to say something rather than just sit in your thinking? What's going on inside your head? I love telling my clients, my favorite thing is sit in it. Just sit in it. Well, And many of them are very funny. Like, well, what's that going to do? By the time I come around and talk about it, it's already gone. I said, that's part of the point. Most of the stuff you're fighting about, you don't need to fight about. Let Just sit in it. And I would recommend to our listeners, disciplining your heart and your mind. It's like I have blues that worry all the time. They're constantly worrying. And I yes. do this five-minute rule. I love this rule. You yes. can worry because you're, you're a worrier. But give yourself five minutes. That's it. Set the clock. Five minutes. When I'm done with five minutes, I stop worrying. And they, at first, they look at you like, that's not. you're not real. There's no way I can just do that. And I'm like, as long as you believe you can't discipline your mind, then you cannot be mentally healthy. Others and worries will own you. So it's funny, those that I've seen, they really have done it. They are stunned by how good it feels, right? It's kind of like the person that physically fit goes to the gym or the person that cooks the good kind of meal versus a bad one. They just feel better about themselves because they actually did something they should have done. The same with mental health. Just sit in it or stop worrying after five minutes, go do something else. If after five more minutes, you need to worry again, fine, five more minutes, but not just giving it carte blanche, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I think discipline, because the, um, the change that I had this year, I was following a couple of different people mm-hmm. and I got, I kind of got to this awareness, like, okay, so let's say, let's just use the gym example. Cause yeah. you have to use examples right. because it's, it's very often the same. I mean, it's not that different. You no. know, all of these things we're talking about right. in our lives. Right. It's not like I have a different set of rules for going to the gym or dealing with relationships. Right. You kind of approach things the same. Wouldn't you say? I would agree. Yep. Is that okay? Although, so, although some people so, are very good at doing one, but not the other. Like they may be very disciplined with their fitness physically, but not spiritually. Yeah. It is more scary. I, 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 well, I, no, I wouldn't say that. I would, I, I would just say that they don't take the higher path with one where they do with the other. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's, that's good. That makes more sense. But, I think, but the rules yeah. are the same. So Go ahead. right. The rules are the same. And it was, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, well, that's, you know, going to the gym is easy for you. You like that. And I said, well, I just don't, yeah, I do now, but there are still days when I go, that's the last place I <laughs> right, want to be. Right. I don't want to go today. Right. I that's right. Don't. And what I, I think the last couple of years, what I've learned is that, that just like what you're talking about is I don't wait to feel the motivation anymore for the right. gym. I don't, I'm not saying I do this everywhere in my life, but for the gym, right. I don't, if I don't feel like it, I don't wait to feel like it because I sometimes don't, it won't come all day. So what I do is I go, well, you, I get, you, I get all myself ready. I get in the car, right. I get my gym clothes right. on. I pull up, I put my music in, I walk in the door and someday I, I, I get through it. It's not always great. <laughs> Well, but here's the, here's the thing I like. You set yourself in motion. I mean, I love that concept of if you really want to succeed at something, don't make every time you do it difficult. And that's a great point. Right. You've got a routine right. that you've committed to. And I love your honesty of it. it isn't always wonderful in peaches. Like that's the same true in mental health. Trust me, it's not wonderful when you hear somebody tell you, I can't stand you. You're a horrible person, uh, you know, whatever they, you know, they're going to do with you. Right? right. But that doesn't mean you can just say, well, today I don't care about mental health. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. You want to get disciplined enough that you can say, well, that really is your issue, not my issue. And, and learn how to think about that in your head. In fact, I talked to a woman the other day who said to me, how is it you can do all this work with these people and go on with your own life? And I said, well, 
it's not difficult at all. Like this is their path, not my path. Why would I walk it? I have my own stuff to walk. And she says, well, do you really care? And I said, oh, absolutely. You think caring means I have to then go down your path with you to make sure that you know I care about you. That's not the case. I just need to care enough about you to give you my feedback about what I think might work for you. And by the way, if you don't choose to make that choice, I don't want to overreach. I believe in agency. I've given you my best gift. I care about you very much, but I'm not going to step on your path. That's your right to walk whatever path that's going to be. And I wish people would learn more and more about the idea of care about people, but don't walk their path for them. Let them walk it. Uh, it, It's just an important part of mental health. Because that really is true empathy. I mean, like what you just said to me is like true empathy instead of, oh my God, I know, you know, let's, let's like holding each other and crying together, stepping back and going, I get it, but you got to fix it. Well, and I care (laughs) about you in the process. I want to hear about it. Talk about that's fine, but you have to walk it. Right. I I will also tell you, Kat, I find people who spend their entire life worrying about others and not about themselves. Like they're so busy making others lives like work that they don't make their own work. And that's not okay. You have ownership first to get your life in in motion. Like they say on the airplane, breathe first, then give it to your kid. Because if you don't have that ability, you're you're both dead, right? And the last piece I want to say about a component of good mental health is compassion. I mean, if you really can't feel humanity, you don't have good mental health. You're not capable of really sensing uh, humanity and pain and struggles. Uh, You're probably not good with mental health, just so you know that. So- Compassion for self or both? Both. And others? Both. I was thinking more of others, but definitely for for self also. Absolutely. I mean, compassion is a very critical element of good mental health. If you can't love yourself and you can't forgive yourself and you can't love and forgive others, you really are in trouble. Like it's a very limited life. Let's put it that way. So uh, let's just talk about those as key. It's just key concepts and components of mental health. Discipline and personal responsibility and compassion. So the point that I'm trying to make to people right now is that when something is done to you, you cannot then say, well, because it was done to me, I have no ownership in this because I didn't choose this. Most every one of us is not going to get through life without something being done to us we did not deserve. Let's start with taxes, number one. (laughs) It's a great example of we do not deserve (laughs) being taxed the way we're taxed to have these, these clowns spend it inappropriately. But it happens all the time in society. But you can't just Mm -hmm. say, well, then I'm not going to pay taxes. I mean, that's criminal. So the same is true in life. If someone cheats on you, if you are fired from a job you were treated poorly on, you can't just lay there and take the hit and then think, well, I have no ownership in this. Of course you do. Just because it happened to you, you didn't create it, does not mean you're free of ownership. So that's, that's real important in relationships. And I think that the sooner people can make that shift and adapt the healthier the relationship becomes. Meaning that if I wrong you, Kat, and you for five years hold a grudge, well, we lost five years. I mean, that's all there is to it. Because the weakest link controls the relationship. So if you're going to hold a grudge with me, I cannot get a connection with you any more than you're going to offer me. So for five years, we lost that wonderful kind of time together only because you felt justified in holding a grudge. Does that make sense? Uh, total. So in marriages, when people are doing that, I'm like, well, wake up. Like I have a couple I'm working with right now that they, they can't stand each other. Like it's a miserable marriage. And they both said to me, and I said, what are you sorry for? And they both said, I'm sorry. I didn't show my kids what 
happiness in marriage could look like. And I said, you know what I like about that statement? I have always believed that the best gift you can give your child is the love you have for your spouse. And they say, what? And I said, look, if the goal is to raise a kid to 18, and then they're going to go out in their life and find their life with somebody else, how decapitating is that if they, all they think is, is after 18, I'm going to have the same mess in life you had. Find a spouse who fights with me all the time, doesn't like me, doesn't enjoy me. How is that healthy? Do you want to be a good parent? So I, I want all of our listeners to know what you're doing to love your spouse is probably more meaningful to your kids than anything you can else you can do. Very important. So that's so good. My my daughter came home this week from uh-huh. um from college, and um you know, Paco and I were just you know we're just us, and you know we're kissing or whatever we were doing, you yeah. know, just in the kitchen, and yep. she's like, oh god, yep. rub it in my face. Yes, <laughs> so yes. Funny. And she goes, you're so lucky. You guys are so lucky. And I just had to laugh and look at her and I go, yeah, you don't know how screwed up we were for the last 15 years and what work it took. I said, you know, this just, (laughs) well, you know what though, but see, that's a great point when she said, oh my gosh, stop that. Right. But the truth is they love it. They're so, it's so hopeful. Oh, they do. Right. Oh, they do. It feels so secure. To have that dynamic. So I would tell anyone listening, whatever you can do to make your spouse feel loved and cared for is probably one of the best gifts you could ever give your children. And then if you really are stuck, like you're not willing to kind of budge because you have been wronged, I am telling you, you are more wrong than you were wronged. I'm just telling you. The sooner you can get over yourself, and I've I've discovered this, Kat, you know, I've always said, get over yourself. Like it's not all about Mm -hmm. you, right? I have yes. discovered that in most of my mental health challenges with people, it's because they're stuck on themselves. Like, they, like for yes. example, they were wronged. Well, then you're all about you again. And then if you aren't disciplined, I, I won't do that because it's too hard. Well, then you're all about you again. It's, it's always about that element. So always. What look. are people looking for in that? What are they looking for? And it's all about you. Ex- what do they want? They want an excuse. They want an excuse. I've been wronged. I don't have to do this. It's not fair to me. They're making it all about them. Like, what was me? It's really sucks to who I am. Like, if you were married to you, you'd say the same thing. It's horrible. So all they do is make it about, it's not my responsibility. It's yours. And until you fix it, I can't be healthy. And it's like, no, that is not the case. There are plenty of single mothers who have been wronged, who are remarkable role models for their children. Many mm-hmm. of them. Yep. And there are others who are horrible role models who whine and complain and hate the opposite sex and off and off the go. And these kids are being raised in those kind of homes. And they both have been wronged. They both have been challenged. They both have been whatever else. It's you owning your life that will make all the difference in the end. And by the way, as we're all getting older, some of us quicker than others, the reality is <laughs> life does come to an end. And at some point you have yep. to know you either miss the boat or you stepped on the boat and owned it. Okay, we got to quit for today, Kat. That was our Okay, this our was day. a lot. A I lot. love it. A lot, but fun, fun. A great, lot. great yes. talking with yes. you. Great talking to our listeners. Listeners, please know uh, we've developed a coaching program now. It's $85 for you to have work with one of our key coaches. Um, Kat is one of those coaches, and we love inviting people. Uh, I, I'm just thrilled to know there are people who can actually continue on my work since I'm incapable of taking more people right now. And this, knowing the color code, shaves six months off any kind of work you do easily. Like knowing who you Mm -hmm. are and how you are and why Mm -hmm. you react the way you do 
just saves you so much time to understand that. You can let us know, contact at taylorhartman.com. We love having your feedback that you give to us, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the people code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up. And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.